Looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, good morning. Thank you for joining us here on African Dialogue. Remember, from Monday to Thursday, we give you a context of what's happening on the African continent. Thank you for listening to us here on Channel Africa, giving you an African perspective. My name is Benjamin Mushatama. Remember, we are on the shortwave service on the frequency 9625 kHz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. DSTV on Channel 802 on the audio bouquet. Online, we are on www.channelafrica.co.za where you can stream us live. Well, today we're looking at uh, 16 days of activism for no violence against women and children. Our emphasis today will be on the children aspect of things. Uh, Today we're looking at a report uh, which is uh, looking at uh, the position that children find themselves really zooming into South Africa specifically as a country. The 12th annual review of the situation of the country situation is published by the Children's Institute at the University of Cape Town. The report uh, focuses on uh, many key areas such as promoting caring relationships so that children can thrive, improving nutrition as stunting remains high in South Africa over the past 20 years, affecting 27% of children under 5. It also highlights uh, the big issue that we'll also be highlighting today, uh, the children's exposure to abuse, neglect and other forms of violence increases the risk of mental health problems as well. And also it contributes to the cycle of violence. Now we've got Lucy Jamieson on the line, who's the senior researcher at the Children's Institute and the lead editor of this year's South Africa Child's Gage Report. Lucy, thank you for giving us your time. It's a pleasure. Good morning to you and your listeners. Fantastic. Now let's look at uh, this report itself. I I know that uh, it's very much comprehensive in the way that it is written. It's just not looking at one element and it's looking at uh, very much a very comprehensive way of the children's survival, especially in, in South Africa and also the environmental circumstances that they might find themselves in. Tell us a little bit about what stood out for you in this year's South African Child Gage. Well, I just want to pick up on, on something that you said there because we've been focusing on survival for the last 20 years and most children in South Africa are now surviving. But what really stands out is that that's not good enough. You know, yeah, it's not yeah. good enough that children just survive. survive. It's not good enough that they're just getting out of poverty. Children need to thrive. You know, think about your own children. Think about children in your life. You know, we want to make sure that they develop to their full potential, that they get the most out of life. And the thing that we are arguing with this issue of the South African child gauge is that that's not just important to individual children, and of course it's important to them and their families, but it's actually the secret to unlocking transformation for South Africa as a whole. 
Now, with that being said, what stood out for you in that particular context? Uh, uh, and I agree with you, the fact that we're speaking about children in this kind of language, using words such as survival and uh, issues that they must actually uh, uh, navigate themselves in such challenging uh, positions uh, in a violent culture in South Africa is very concerning. So could you really unpack for us uh, what were the key areas that were concerning for you, Lucy, in this report? Okay, so we wanted to ask that question, you know, what does it take for children in South Africa to thrive? We know that they're bogged down by poverty, inequality, that they're growing up in violent contexts, that they're scared, that they're hungry. But what do we need to do to turn that around? Mm. Those were the key questions for us when we wanted to start looking at this. And when we looked at, you know, this, this is a very broad and complex question. So we had to look at all of the latest research. And, and what it says is that at the foundation, we need to ensure that all children get a package of nurturing care. Now, that starts when women are pregnant. We need to make sure that they are well-nourished, that they are um, not facing too much stress in their lives, that we screen them for mental health care, that they have enough income, that they have networks of support, and that they know how to stimulate their baby when they're first born. Now, the reality is that most parents in this country are facing huge challenges in terms of bringing up their children. People want to do the best for their children, Mm. but if you're unemployed, if you're struggling to make ends meet, if you grew up in a context of violence, then you need support. You need to make sure that there's a, we need to make sure that there's a safety net so that at the moment, the child support grant, for example, that, you know, 12 and a half million children benefit from that. And it's done a great job in reducing poverty, but it's not enough to pay for just the basic nutrition that children need. Now, at the moment, we're seeing that 27% of more than a quarter of all of the country's children are not just hungry, but they're stunted. That means that they haven't had the right nutritional intake so that they grow properly. And it's not just physical growth. Of course, Mm. it's their brain development. It's their cognitive development. So not getting the right food means that, you know, your brain isn't fully developed and so that when you go to school to try and learn, you're not getting the best start in life. So we need to make sure that we tackle all of these challenges simultaneously. We can't just work on hunger or health. We Mm. need to work on care and safety and learning too. Let me also bring in our other guest, Lucy Maker. Uh, Heybrecht also joins us on the line, the Chief of Child Protection and Social Policy at UNICEF South Africa. We also have Guku Kaba, who is the Program Director at Save the Children South Africa. Maker, let me start with you and pick up where Lucy left in terms of uh, the comprehensive manner in which we look at uh, these particular issues, especially uh, 
the well-being of children comprehensively. I know that 16 Days of Activism for No Violence Against uh, Women and Children really focuses on the violence aspect of things. But uh, there seems to be an... uh, a bigger problem here, as was highlighted by Lucy, and maybe this is why this report is so important, because it looks at things from a comprehensive perspective. It's not that children are only facing issues of violence, but also those could be exacerbated by issues of nutrition as well, and also issues of care in terms of their own human development, in terms of education, excess. Things go to that level as well, in terms of their rights sometimes being compromised. Micah, how important is it that uh, we don't look at things in silos when we do look at the challenges that children face? Wonderful. Thank you so much, Benjamin, for having me on the program, and good morning to all listeners and to Lucy. So basically, um, I think Lucy has made it very clear that from conception to adulthood, children need to be cared for in a holistic manner so that the social-emotional and uh, psychological and material needs are being met through a package of nurturing care, uh, nutrition, uh, education, um, and violence prevention. So it is very important to emphasize in countries like South Africa where unemployment, poverty, um, and trauma are still very rife in society that we empower the caregivers in their role of providing this nurturing care uh, through packages like uh, support with parenting, with budgeting, with healthy living, with going and with coping with death and trauma occurred uh, through the past in order to bring the best out of them to take care of the children in, 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 uh, in their best interest to not only survive and thrive but to transform in resil- resilient adolescents. Kids need to be loved, cared for, and protected in the home environment and in the communities. So in the community, it's important that we scale up ECD centers, that we enhance access to school and health centers so that children actually can go to a health center when they are ill and not have to walk 90 minutes to do so. Then it's important to create safe spaces in communities so that children feel safe when they walk to school but can also access safe parks where they get a meal, where they have time to play with their peers, where they can do sports, where they can get homework support, so that the quality of care in the home is complemented by quality care in the community. And it's up to all actors, as the SDG set a very ambitious agenda for a coordinated global effort to transform mm. societies, economies, and environment mm. to ensure a fair and safe future for all. That is what needs to happen in South Africa. Starting from the parents, men have to take responsibility to care for the children. Mm. They have to become engaged in childcare, mm. not only emotionally, also financially. They have to help the mothers in their role and be equal caregivers. It is important to uh, to articulate the roles and responsibilities of all actors to make sure that a concerted effort can happen as health professionals, educators, social workers, Mm. civil society, government parents, but especially also the corporate sector. Let's unlock that potential in societies also from the private sector 
to invest in human capital and to understand what needs to be done to improve the well-being of our children. I agree with everything that you've said, Micah, but let me move this to Kukutaba in, in terms of the big challenges that a country like South Africa could have as much as we've highlighted all these various important things that need to be done uh, to really ensure a comprehensive development and a healthy environment for children. The fact that we live in a country with high rates of unemployment and the real issue here on in South Africa is poverty. And we know that that exacerbates situations of violence. We know that that also exacerbates uh, the issues of lack of nutrition. It also exacerbates the, uh, the, the issues that sometimes mothers are not home and fathers are not home, leaving their children to be at, uh, at home alone and uh, they at work. Issues like that are very complex in a poor uh, environments. And some Sometimes it's very difficult to blame it on the parents whereby we can see that the circumstances are not even conducive for healthy parenting. How do we deal with these challenges, especially in the poor environments that sometimes we see in our communities, Gugu? Thank you very much to your presenter and uh, good morning to South Africa and my co-presenters. Um, is Lucy answering or is it me? Um, Google can can take this one and then we'll come back to the rest of you. Okay. Okay. Uh, I was saying thank you very much to everybody that is online and um, from Save the Children I'm responding to indicate and I acknowledge the challenges that South Africa is facing and um, it is important for us to never forget that a child has rights. And the problem that we face as a country, even though we have poverty, we we end up prioritizing poverty and forgetting that the child has arrived and the child has rights. And now, question is, do the people that bring children on earth understand that first? Because South Africa right now has low rates of the use of family planning resources. And now that says even the adults that are supposed to bring children on earth don't understand that before the child comes, we start somewhere. We see it as a man and woman and plan whether we're going to have the child or not. And if we have not planned, we also have a lot of resources that are provided for us in order to take care of the child. Because when we have that understanding, we will always make sure and research and the life that we've lived in our culture confirms that in families, there's always an individual who's available to take care of a child. Research confirms that when a child is taken care of by a responsible adult, even if it's not the parent, the child will thrive and will be well and must be given the care that they deserve. So, yes, parents may be going to work. Some parents may not be available because they don't have the resources. But what are our communities doing in order to provide the care that a child needs? Take an example of the fact that we've got retired teachers, nurses, and even mothers that are out there. Right now what is happening is that we have what we call day mothers 
who take care of five to ten children in their own homes. Mm-hmm. What we do then, we capacitate them to be able to provide good quality child care in that home setting, which means then if you are a parent going home, going to work, you cannot leave your child in the, in the house alone. Find the home or day mother that is in our communities. Our society needs to organize itself now and say we don't have day mothers. What mm-hmm. can we do? Mm-hmm. Because social development is willing to capacitate day mothers and provide them the, the care that they need. And then culture also indicates that men are supposed to take care of, of, of children. And what we have done, which we feel is a weakness, is that we have not capacitated men enough to show them how they can take care of a child that they are left with. So that they provide them the love that they need. They are emotionally connected to the child because what happens, as the report is saying, children are raped or are are violated by people they know Mm. in the home setting, which means we need to provide a responsible person in the home setting who can be able to take care of this child. We are providing right now positive parenting awareness sessions in order for people to understand what it means to be to, to positively take mm, care of mm. the child. Yes, you will discipline the child in a manner that is appropriate and remain warm towards the child so that the child is also able to thrive uh, uh, properly. Mm. And so for me, our communities have a responsibilities. And as organizations like Save the Children, we are there to assist communities to assist, to to organize themselves and be able to have resources within their communities, within walking distance. Mm. That is not expensive in order to provide good care for a child. And my colleagues have indicated what exactly do we mean by good care uh, of a child. But very important for me is men involvement, is use of family planning so that we give back to children that we have planned for and are ready to take care of them. Well, uh, this is part of our 16 Days of Activism for No Violence Against Women and Children uh, campaign here on Channel Africa. Uh, we're speaking uh, to uh, various stakeholders who were involved in uh, this uh, particular interesting report. Not just interesting, but I think it's very comprehensive in its approach. It's titled The Child Gauge 2017, which is uh, also headed up uh, by the University of Cape Town, UNICEF is part of it and also we know that the Department of uh, Planning, Monitoring and Evaluation of South Africa amongst other stakeholders are involved in that. Well we've got uh, Lucy Jameson on the line who's the senior researcher at Children's Institute and also the lead editor of uh, this uh, year's uh, South Africa Child's Gauge. Uh, Kuku Kaba is also on the line. Program Director of Save the Children South Africa. Mike uh, Heibrecht also joins us on the line. The Chief of uh, Child Protection and social policy at UNICEF South Africa. Well, we're going to come back to you, ladies. Let me take a quick one. I'll be back. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet, and satellite. From an African perspective, Guess what? You can now listen to Channel Africa using Silozi, Chinyanja, Kiswahili, Portuguese, French and English, giving you an African perspective. Hi, my name is Tandalunyenzovo and you are listening to Channel Africa. We are Channel Africa from an African perspective. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. 
Indeed, you are listening to Channel Africa. We are giving you the African perspective. Thank you to our South African listeners and those who are in neighboring countries. You're listening to us uh, on DSTV, on Channel 802, on the Audio Bouquet Channel. We're also on uh, the shortwave frequency. That's our main service into the uh, continent of Africa as part of our mandate. We are on 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. You can also join us on www.channelafrica.com. .co.za. Today we are taking part in this conversation as part of our show's uh, stance on uh, 16 days of activism for no violence against uh, women and children. And uh, today we are speaking to various representatives that were part of the South African Child Gauge, which is being released today. Uh, so we are really giving you uh, one of the latest reports that are looking at the child development and some of the challenges uh, children have to face and uh, it's very comprehensive because just just look at violence against children but looks at issues of poverty hunger and other things that s- seem to compromise a child's development and life challenges uh, Lucy let me come to you in this part of the conversation I want you to give us your thoughts on uh, the issues of poverty and hunger because these environments do actually make children more vulnerable to, to also a violent uh, environment as well. You know, and, and that's a challenge that is faced throughout Africa. It's mm. not unique to South African sure. audience. And, you know, just think of your own lives. When you are tired, when you are stressed, when you are hungry, as a parent, you are under tremendous strain. And it's when you are under strain like that that you can snap, that you can, you know, despite the fact that you love your child, you can resort to violence that can get the better of you. So we have to do everything we can to eradicate those structural drivers and those stresses in order to support parents to create a loving and nurturing environment. So, you know, the, the, the other thing that we need to, to look at is that, you know, we have to be realistic. Government funds throughout Africa are limited, so they have to prioritize. And, and what this gauge is looking at is, you know, what are the key things that we can choose? What are the most effective? You know, what gives us the biggest return on, on those precious investments that African governments need to make. And there are two things to to realize. First of all is that the earlier you start, the greater the return on investment. So the early years are critically important and we need to support parents and we need to support children. The other thing is that we need to learn from each other. So for example, in relation to you know, combating uh, violence, there are some very good programs that have been developed in Uganda. And one of the things that's part of the global agenda is saying we need to work together. We need to form partnerships. So where there are successful projects and programs, we need to share that knowledge and we need to make sure, yes, of course, we need to adapt them into to local contexts, but You know, learning from each other across Africa is critically important. A lot of the academic research is done in the global north. Now, the context of violence here in African countries is that we have 
much larger populations of children. More of them experience violence, and they experience more severe violence. And we have fewer resources with which to combat violence against children, to put prevention programs into place. So as much as the programs and the research in the global north, in Europe, and the United States, may have an impact there, you know, what's really important is to learn from each other. We need solutions, African solutions that are going to tackle these problems with the resources that we have. So learning from each other across Africa is vitally important. Well, we want you to engage with us. Uh, we're asking the question on our Twitter handle, at African Dialogue. That's at African Dialogue. The question is, are we doing enough uh, to actually make sure that our children are being protected? That's at African Dialogue. We want to hear your views. And also, you can engage with us on our other platforms. Uh, remember, you can also find us on at Channel Africa One, which is our other Twitter handle. Or send us your emails at info at channelafrica.org. Moving on to you, Gugu. Uh, I'm also interested in the fact of capacity on the ground. Do we have enough capacity? Because earlier on you were saying that uh, we should do enough in uh, communities and you made a great example. You know when I was a child, um, when I used to come back from school, I always had a mother next door that I could come to and I remember her vividly. I was actually having a conversation with some friends uh, a few days ago and there was a response from that conversation where someone was saying, you know, look, now things are very different. Our mothers work no one is really staying at home and it brought back to me that question of do we have the capacity do we have the manpower also uh, to deal with some of these challenges that we are facing on the ground because sometimes people think this is just the way things are okay my view is that we do have the capacity uh, you know just off the line imagine one day a strike is happening the people, the number of people you see gathering around the streets in our communities during working hours tell you that there are people in our communities. That is why I say I agree with the issue of partnerships because local government needs to help us go into our communities and organize them and identify the people that are there and are not working. And what is it that we can do in order to provide the resources that our children need? And in, in partnering, we can be able to assist local government to develop the capacity. Right now, it's not organized. But our coming in to work with local government and organizing communities, identify the areas where we can find five to ten women that are willing to be part of the people that will be centers or points Mm. where we can bring children, either in the morning when the parents go home or uh, after school. And one thing that we we have done through social uh, development, a lot of early childhood development centers have mushrooms. So it means we need to properly record those early childhood development Mm. centers in our communities. Because once we do that, then we know that we have a list of so many and we need to develop so many more. And then we can be able to send our children there. And then we know that those people need to be capacitated in terms of skill so that they give good quality services to the children that are brought to them. Mm. And then in that way, we can be able to create a system that is tied within small uh, communities. And remember, some parents can be willing to pay a minimum amount. Some parents can pay the full amount. In that way, we have reliable resources in our communities. Mm. And I think we're not tapping into that enough.
Definitely a, an innovative and a very simplistic format. But someone else who's listening, Mike, could be saying, look, how do we actually equip our children to also have uh, the resources or the uh, ability to also protect themselves from situations of rape and violence? Because sometimes children are actually socialized in a way that makes them believe that rape or if someone close to them takes advantage of them is is a norm. Is this something that we can do as parents, as brothers and sisters, that way we can socialize the children to be able to speak out and also to protect themselves, Micah? Yes, de- definitely. Thank you very much for that question. It's very important to start early with education on gender equality in the ECD centers when kids grow up as boys and girls and start when they are three to five to explain them that both boys and girls have equal rights to survive, grow and develop and that they have equal rights to play football, to go to school, uh, that they have the equal responsibilities to do household chores and that it's not only a girl child who has to fetch firewood or has to help mom in the kitchen, but it's also the role of the boys to participate in household chores equally as the girls. So this education on gender equality has to start very, very early, and preferably the parents are the the primary role models in that nurturing education, Mm -hmm. and that is then perpetuated in the schools. In Kenya, recently, there was a program on... Uh, reducing violence amongst girls and boys and women and men by educating both boys and girls in violence prevention and protection of self by teaching the children about the rights, about the body, how to say no when they were inflicted harm, and so on and so on. And this whole exercise of involving boys and girls and the teachers led to 50% of reduction of violence in the schools. So this is what Lucy said. We need to learn from these uh, programs that are positive and that seem to deliver good results. Additionally, I wanted to tell you that in South Africa and other countries, there are many opportunities that are being created that we need to build on. For example, the child support grant reaches 12.6 million caregivers with children. Then we have best practices of care programs that are portrayed in the child gates, like ECDINDI. Um, we have good work in cases then with Give a Child a Family, and we have social services at skills on bird registration, education help. So we need to connect the dots, monitor the child's well-being, and make sure that the children on the ground are timely referred to access ECD health education and that their care plan is developed with the caregiver, with support to the caregiver in their parenting role, budgeting support, healthy living, go and work through potential trauma and loss so that the home and the household is empowered in nurturing care for children in their care. Mm. Well, I'm going to take one more break and then we're going to uh, come uh, with uh, come back with our final part of our show today. We're looking at this issue of uh, the protection of children. Are we doing enough to make sure that our children are protected? That's the question we're asking as well on our Twitter handle. Go to at African Dialogue and you'll find us there. Give us your thoughts on the conversation we're having today. See a quick one and then we'll come back. 
This is Channel Africa, South Africa's international radio station on shortwave internet and satellite. Listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese and Chinyanja. Nam, kwenye line ya simu hivi sasa najiunga moja kwa moja. Farafina. Farafina. Terre du Soleil. Kia Makande Embalelwa Kina Miriam Mlopo. Está na companhia do serviço em língua portuguesa do canal África, a voz de renascença africana que transmite a partir dos seus estudos centrais de Auckland Park, cidade de Johannesburg, África do Sul. Sochitika Mu África. Informing the world about Africa, Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Thank you for joining us here on Channel Africa. Uh, thank you for listening to our various platforms on shortwave, on DSTV, even online. And I know that you can also listen to us on our mobile app. Remember, you can go to Google Play and just search Channel Africa where you can find that app itself on uh, uh, Google Play. This is Channel Africa giving you the African perspective and you're listening to African Dialogue where we look at uh, issues that are really concerning uh, the African continent. Well, today we'll zoom in into really how do we make sure that children are protected as part of our 16 days of activism for no violence against women and children campaign here on our show. Well, let me see if we can wrap up the show in a way of moving things forward. But I think that you ladies have been doing very well in terms of uh, giving us uh, a lot of uh, mechanisms and systems that can be introduced in communities to make sure that uh, children are actually protected and I think it comes back to people it comes back to parents it comes back to a community that seems to be the theme that has been very centric in this conversation Michael let me start this part of the conversation and not too long I just want you to keep it short as we only have five minutes left of the conversation moving forward in terms of uh, children investment in societies I know Lucy earlier on was speaking to how much children contribute uh, to the building of every society and they actually are an asset to society how do we make sure that we do actually make sure that this investment is actually properly exploited uh, and and not in the ways that we are seeing through violence and other ways that do not actually empower children to flourish thank you very much first of all it is important to leverage the investment through a concerted effort between government civil society and the private sector so that there is an investment case clearly describing what needs to be done to improve the well-being of children at risk. And as Lucy told you, the steps there are many. Secondly, then, to engage in dialogue and enhance the quality of interaction in the home between the caregiver and the child, um, demonstrate to the child that the child has rights and responsibilities, that the children get fully listened and heard. It's important to listen to children's voice and respond to their needs mm. in a holistic manner and not treat them in a passive way that sure. they, they are always told what to do. Sure. And this child participation needs to continue throughout their lives in the schools for children to make their own schools a conducive environment 
for their own homes to be a safe place where they would like to live. So to empower children to know about their bodies, about their rights, and the ability to speak up. Google your thoughts? My thoughts are that, um, as I think you are aware, Save the Children has been hosting together with the Nelson Mandela Foundation, the Children's Parliament, as part of ensuring that the right to participation and giving children a voice is observed. And today we are hosting uh, the CEO's Accountability Corner in order to give children a voice because we strongly believe the silence that is there in terms of violence against children is simply because we do not give children a voice early in their lives. And if we can be able to increase the ability of children to explain what they are going through so that we can be able to increase the rate of reporting of violence that is happening to children, then we have given children an ability to be resilient Mm. and be able to fight back any form of violence that is happening to them. And we continue to support that children must be listened to. While Guku is speaking there, Lucy, I'm coming with this thought where children's voices are not heard. And uh, I was thinking also with law enforcement, sometimes that's very a, a very difficult uh, thing for children to get their voice through law enforcement and their rights are hardly heard uh, through that particular system and in that system. How do we make things better there? That's, um, you know, there's two parts to that. First of all, we do need, you're absolutely right, you know, law enforcement and the various parts of the criminal justice system tend not to treat children as credible witnesses. Now, the responsibility is on government to do training so that, you know, police officers, prosecutors, magistrates understand you know, child psychology and child development. But there's also a second part to that, which is that, you know, it's not that the responsibility for ending abuse can't fall on on children and that we as adults have to take a greater responsibility for, you know, being completely intolerant to violence against children. That means that when we see an overstressed mother in a supermarket who smacks her child. We don't just walk past. We say, we, we stop and we intervene. The pastor who pulls the child's ears in Sunday school, mm-hmm. we have to say, that's not how you treat children. We have to, you know, the neighbors need to report when there are noises coming from next door where they hear children screaming and the signs of abuse are often ignored. You know, it's not just about listening to children, it's about acting on Hmm. what we as adults see and taking responsibility for reporting or intervening as appropriate. And that's on each and every single one of us. Well, thank you, ladies, for giving us your time. I really enjoyed speaking with you because we do look at these issues at this time of the year. But what I enjoyed about this conversation with the three of you is that all of you had tools on how we as a society can deal with the problems. You were so solution-driven and not just unpacking uh, the problems themselves. Thank you to Lucy Jameson, who's the senior researcher at Children Institute and the lead editor for this year's South Africa Child's Gage.
Kukukaba was with us as well, Program Director of Save the Children South Africa. Maike, thank you as well. That's Maike Heibrecht, who is uh, joining us uh, uh, from UNICEF South Africa. She's the Chief of Child Protection and Social Policy. Thank you so much, ladies, uh, for giving us your thank time. You, this has been so productive and very, very much uh, uh, very impactful in terms of some of the solutions you brought up uh, in the conversation. You're very welcome. Thank you for having us. Fantastic. That conversation takes us to 11.45 Central African time. Remember, our Twitter handle is at African Dialogue. We still want you to engage with us on that platform, or you can go to at Channel Africa 1. That's our Twitter handle for the station itself. 